you are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am your host, Kate Majuk, and you can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Of course, you can follow my co-host, Marcus Mosier, too, on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give the show a follow at Locked On Dynasty. Hit the subscribe button. Leave the five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. Happy uh, close of the NFL draft, Marcus. We have lots to talk about. I will say day two and day three. Did not go as swimmingly for these rookie rookie landing spots. Like, has there ever been a grosser, (laughs) uh, like, landing spot uh, extravaganza like this? Because it feels like all of our rookie picks are essentially worthless at this point. Well, I also just think that's this running back class, right, Kate? Like, there was, after the top three, I like Trey Sermon quite a bit, so you can include him in the top four. There just wasn't a lot of super interesting, you know, round three, round four running backs, and teams kind of avoided it, Kate. We saw only two running backs get picked on day two. Uh, We had four get selected in round four, and then, you know, just a lot of special teamers from that point on. So it's it it wasn't great, um, but we're going to have to to make the best, uh, do the best that we can here. We will. Uh, today, we are going to go ahead and, and work our way through the running backs that were drafted all the way through the draft. I know we talked about our first rounders. We talked about Najee. We talked about Travis Etienne. After letting the the weekend marinate and your thoughts marinate, um, any, any changes on your thoughts from the running backs drafted in round one, or you're just feeling good? Uh... I feel indifferent <laughs> about Travis Etienne because it seems like after the uh, after the draft, Urban was talking about Urban Meyer was talking about still using James Robinson and Carlos Hyde between the tackles and letting Travis Etienne be their third down running back. Not not great. And even Najee Harris, it sounds like you know they want to put him as part of a committee with. Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. We'll see. That's how not going to that happen. Is. That's not. That's gonna not going to happen. No. But but I will say for Travis Etienne, why draft a first round running back if you're you plan to utilize him just as a third down back? I, I that doesn't I make don't sense get it. to me. Well, and then on top of that, it sounded like that's not even really the guy that Urban Meyer wanted. He wanted Kadarius Tony at twenty five to kind of play that third down running back gadget, you know, role, and he went to the Giants at twenty, so he settled for Etienne. So. I don't know, Kate. I think, I think obviously Najee is the pretty clear winner here, and then everybody else is. It's it's not great. It is not great. Another thought, though. Uh, so after hearing that comment from Urban Meyer about Kadarius Tony, just makes you wonder. Like I, I feel like Laviska could have filled that role pretty, pretty easily. I still think um, he can, right? It, so what? <laughs> that just makes you wonder. What are they doing with Laviska, and what is? Uh, the plan for for him as he continues to evolve and grow as a, a as a receiver, will they continue to you know try to utilize him in those gadget situations? He's definitely somebody to watch, and I think somebody to maybe be a little cautious mm-hmm. about because we've we've seen this off season he's just flown up uh, in terms of his dynasty value overall. Um, Fade I think Urban people. Meyer. Are, yeah, I'm 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 going to go ahead. I'm going to fade um 
just generally speaking, not that I, I don't think the, the offense can be productive because I think it can, but I think we just don't have a, a clear enough picture of what we might be in store for to make that uh, make a proper assessment at this point. So I, I don't want to have much stock in anything mm-hmm. there until we have a better idea of what's going on. Let's talk about the, the day two running back. Should we take it from the top? Because hmm. we did have our guy, Javante Williams, go very early. The Denver Broncos traded up to 35 to draft the running back out of UNC. What kind of uh, dynamic do we expect between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon? Is Melvin Gordon left for dead, or do you think there's a potential he could still hold value in the coming season? I, I think Gordon is still going to be the the top running back there, but I do think as we get further and further along in the season, you're going to start seeing Gordon's work you know load start to decrease. And the other thing is, it's not like Melvin Gordon has been the healthiest player during the, his NFL career, right? So I think in terms of a landing spot for Javante, this is perfect. We talked about this on a couple shows before the draft, Kate. Like, Denver is a fantastic spot for him in this offense that wants to use three and four receivers, that wants to be a spread offense. Melvin Gordon, uh, he has just one more year left on his deal. Uh, it's pretty clear he's going to be the starter in 2022. I like it. it. You might have to wait a little bit to get you know the the RB2 value from Javante, but I do think by 2022, he's going to be a, a fantastic running back in that offense. Yeah, I definitely think he could be one of those guys that... Uh... You know, everybody gets hyped up. Everybody gets uh, very excited about these rookies. And then, uh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of disappointment when they don't pay off quite as quickly. I think Mm -hmm. we saw that with J.K. Dobbins a little bit last year. There was the hype. Everybody said he was going to be could be an immediate star. And I don't know. So I, I, I think that really could be um, something to watch. Uh, Maybe his value does decrease a little bit if we do see Melvin Gordon heavily involved straight out of the gate. Because we did. We saw it with J.K. Dobbins. We can say we didn't, but we did. I'm just not going to panic, right? Like, Just expect that it's going to be annoying for the first eight games or whatever until Melvin Gordon's not able to go. But again, look forward to 2022 when he is going to be an absolute workhorse in that offense. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, after Javante Williams, we had a bit of a, a long drought. Uh, we had some wide receivers go off the board to, to round out round two, but uh, no other running back. So it was just it was the Javante Williams show at that point. Um, was there any other running back that you were surprised didn't get that second round draft capital? No, not really. We're going to talk about Trey Sermon in a second, but I, th- I I thought in the draft there probably would be this big gap. I thought there was a chance, Kate, that maybe Michael Carter went late second, early third, if somebody wanted to add like a dynamic receiving option to their to their offense. But no, it, it, it wasn't all that surprising. But I am really, really excited about the next running back that went off. Uh, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we will hit off the show with Trey Sermon a guy we all know and love. We'll be right back. Hey, Locked on Dynasty fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231231. 
This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels, increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat killer ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Are you ready to try the best tasting protein bar ever? Look no further than Built Bar. Built Bars are soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they are great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat with a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber option with Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six delicious new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, my favorite, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They've got a flavor for whatever you might be craving. Right now, Built Bar is offering our listeners 20% off of your next order using promo code Locked On. Go check out BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On, for 20% off your next order. Start off this new year right, and let's go ahead and get fit together. And what better way to do so than indulging in a delicious and healthy treat? BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We are talking rookies today. We are talking NFL draft, landing spots, who gained value, who didn't. Let's talk about some running backs. Uh, obviously, we we hit on the, the main guys from round one and two. Let's head into round three where we saw Trey Sermon drafted to the San Francisco 49ers with the number 88 overall pick. I love this fit so much. So do I. I mean, this is phenomenal. First of all, let's t- let's talk about Trey Sermon in this offense. We know that he is a one-cut downhill runner, fantastic between the tackles, can also break off some big runs. But when I think Kyle Shanahan running back, Trey Sermon is exactly what I think of. I think if he can stay healthy, he could very easily be a 1,300, 1,400-yard runner in this offense, despite you know maybe some not being the most dynamic guy in the open field. He doesn't have elite speed, but just very, very hard to tackle. And then, Kate, you look at the roster for the 49ers, right? Like Raheem Mostart has a one-year deal. And he can't stay stay healthy. Tevin Coleman is gone. Uh, there, there's just there's not a lot of other really intriguing options. So, as long as Trey Sermon proves as a rookie that he's competent, I fully expect him to be the starter going into the 2022 season. And if you are the starting running back in a Kyle Shanahan offense, we know what the ceiling can potentially be. So, in terms of landing spots for Sermon, I don't think you could have picked a better spot for him. I absolutely agree. Any thoughts on, um, uh, obviously, all of the, the other running backs? I'm a big Raheem Mostert fan, but I think As am I. maybe yeah. it is time for me to <laughs> to stand down. Um, any any thoughts about their uh, six-rounder, Elijah Mitchell, or do you think he'll just serve as, as a change of pace back? Um, I think it's pretty clear that like Trey Sermon would be the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but does Elijah Mitchell have any value in this offense as maybe a late round flyer in drafts? Because, I mean, we we've seen, you know, if 
either the running back can't stay healthy. Uh, we've seen plenty of rotational, uh, you know, value there through San Fran mm-hmm. just because of the offense. I, like what at what point in your rookie drafts are you considering Elijah Mitchell? Third round. I mean, because I think if you're going to take a shot on one of these guys, I, I, he's the one of all these other running backs that we're going to talk about in the fifth, fifth, sixth, seventh round that I think has the most upside. But yeah, I mean, probably just because, again, it's a Kyle Shanahan offense and he can be fickle with running backs. So I also like Elijah Mitchell. A lot of the metrics are very, very good. So third round, maybe fourth round if he sneaks in there. I think that's where it makes a lot of sense. All right. Love it. Uh, moving on past our, our good friend, Trey Sermon, we had Michael Carter taken to the New York Jets at 107. I was shocked that he landed uh, as far down the draft board as he did. But what a steal for the Jets there at at 107. I easily thought they could have been taking him uh, in the the third round. Um, I, I really was expecting them to make some sort of move at running back earlier than they did. They did not. And they they got a good and talented running back anyway. Um, how do you like the fit? I, I think easily out of uh, outside of maybe Najee Mm -hmm. I think he probably is instantly slated for the largest workload yeah because who else of that offense do you trust I mean there's Michael P. Ryan Ty Johnson Tevin Coleman there's just not a lot there Kate and Michael Carter is the most explosive he's I think he's the best receiver out of that bunch Um, And I think the Jets have the most invested in him, even though he's just a fourth round pick. That's the one running back that Joe Douglas drafted fairly high. I do like it. Now, again, the the ceiling is going to be relatively low because he's just not going to be an every down guy in the NFL. But this is a good landing spot for Michael Carter. I think this is one of the better spots that he could have uh, finished in. All right. Well, I think the next next running back taken off the board was probably one of the more puzzling uh, picks for me in the draft. Minnesota Vikings at pick 119 take running back Kene Nwangu out of Iowa State. What? Um, I have to, I have questions. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a lot of questions. Out of Iowa State, never exceeded uh, 361 scrimmage yards, uh, finished the year with four touchdowns in his senior season. Uh, I have to imagine this is a special teams play and not necessarily a a true, like, a backup role. Um, I, I think they have their, their secure backup mm-hmm. in Alexander Madison. It, does he have any potential, um, like, and I'm not drafting him anywhere except maybe a league where I get kick return yards. Mm-hmm. He has been really productive um, in the special teams arena uh, in the 2016 season ranked number one overall in the Big 12 for kick kick return yards. Um Interesting. But that's all I'm going to say about that pick. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so Keeney played in an offense with David Montgomery earlier in his career and then Brees Hall last year. So he's never really gotten a chance to be a you know, workload running back, even at the college level. But I thought he was going to be a sixth or seventh round pick just because of how good he is on special teams. He can cover kicks. He can do you know kick return, punt return stuff. Um, but he's athletic. And these athletic running backs just don't last very long. Six foot, 210 pounds, ran a four, three, two. 
at his pro day. So he is explosive. Uh, the broad jumps were both in the 86th and 88th percentile, three cone in the 85th percentile. It's just an athlete. And when you're playing in this stretch zone offense that the Minnesota Vikings like to use, speed is very, very important. I think he's more dynamic obviously than Alexander Madison and I just think that he's going to give them more home run potential so while he's stuck behind a guy like Dalvin Cook I can see a path relatively soon where he becomes a part of that offense where he's getting five eight touches a game and then if if Dalvin Cook goes down maybe more touches than that because he is just so athletic and with the fourth round draft capital Maybe the Vikings have plans for him sooner rather than later. All right. How about at the next pick, 120 New England Patriots select Ramondre Stevenson Mm. out of Oklahoma. A little intrigued by this pick. I have to say, you're looking at uh, a point where the New England Patriots have to uh, make a decision regarding Sony Michelle and whether or not they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. It's $4.523 million. I don't think that that this is uh, the way they're going to lead. Can I break some news? They're not going to do that. <laughs> they're, they're not yeah, going to pick I, up that I, option. They're not. And I, I mean, it doesn't really make sense, I think, uh, you know, just with the fact that they brought James White mm-hmm. back. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, he's a, a, a capable Running back, averaged 6.6 yards per attempt in the 2020 season. Uh, played just six games, uh, totaled 876 scrimmage yards. So he did show some some ability there as a receiver. Um, what are your thoughts on the fit? And how soon do you think uh, we could see Ramondre Stevenson return value? Uh, what does this mean for Damian Harris? There are just so many questions. Yeah, I mean, it's a Bill Belichick backfield, which means it's going to be it's going to be so frustrating throughout the year. However, we have seen Belichick really like this style of running back, right? Kate, like when they drafted him, the first name that came to mind was Legarrette Blunt, right? And how many great fantasy seasons has Legarrette Blunt had in New England, where it's a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns with not a lot of work in the passing game? I think he can have that type of season, you know, not right away. I'm, again, I'm thinking into the future, but uh, Damian Harris and Ramondi Stevenson backfield does feel kind of gross. I do like both players individually, but I wouldn't be surprised if Stevenson has a bigger role uh, than we expect early on in his career. He's a, he's a guy that can really bang between the tackles, but he also has a little bit of juice to get to the outside. Uh, he is a freight train in the open field. I, I kind of like Ramondre. I think this is a good landing spot for him. Well, and I do think uh, it's it's interesting because out of a really just kind of small and undersized running back class, Ramondre Stevenson is one of those guys that does uh, have have more of the build of a, a prototypical running back. He's got some some uh, weight on the frame, 5'11", 231 pounds. He does fit more of just what you would envision as Mm -hmm. a running back who can handle a workload at the NFL level and could maybe absorb some of those hits that, that otherwise wouldn't, uh, you know, maybe land quite as, quite as nice with some of these smaller backs, but um, any concerns at all regarding Mm -hmm. just his, his overall pro day performance didn't test out 
really well in, in any particular category. Did all right with the three cone at uh, 7.02 seconds. Otherwise, uh, kind of just meh, um, a 4.6340. Not not super fantastic. No, I mean, I, I can give a little bit of background here. So he actually played the season at about 215 pounds uh, and then cut some weight after the season to just try to get himself back into shape. What happened was that he had COVID, I believe, during the offseason, uh, not this offseason, the previous offseason, and it really messed up his conditioning. So he came into the season a little heavier than he wanted to, uh, and he was trying to get back into shape. I, I just think... This is somebody that I wouldn't worry about too much because I, I do believe that he is quicker and more athletic than what his pro day times say. So, um, again, he's not a 4-4 four, four guy. He's not, he's not like that. But a 4-5-8 rather than a 4-6-4, four, four, I, I think so. I think he's just a better overall athlete than what the numbers show. All right, next let's go to the Carolina Panthers with their pick of Chuba Hubbard. And then we will take a break. Chuba Hubbard, uh, this is the most disappointing landing spot out of all of these rookies, I think, for me. Uh, I mean, if you are the Christian McCaffrey manager, I think it makes so much sense. To, like, if you can handcuff your, your Christian McCaffrey share with Chuba, I think out of the gate, you're in a, a really good spot uh, in, in terms of what he'd be able to produce. We saw Mike Davis be very productive in that offense. Uh, when when Christian McCaffrey was out, does he have a ton of uh, just you know upside on his own? No, but we have seen that he is capable of handling a, a heavier workload. Um, he's he's definitely I think one of the most high, highly valuable handcuffs in this class. I would agree. It's just. I don't know what to do with them now, though, because they do have some other guys they like. I know they like Reggie Bonifant a little bit. Um, but if Christian McCaffrey's playing, he's going to get every single snap, basically. He's not coming off the field. I do agree with you. He's a valuable handcuff. But where do you take a handcuff that's now locked behind a running back on a long-term deal who really never comes off the field? I don't know, Kate. Where do you feel comfortable drafting him? If I'm the, the Christian McCaffrey manager, probably a, a bit earlier just because we've seen maybe uh it, it, he's just a really good insurance policy um and and sometimes those can be valuable and i think it uh it really all sort of depends on on what your depth looks like uh from your your team's perspective um but i would say like mid third uh early fourth because if, yeah. if christian mccaffrey comes off the field he could realistically uh pretty pretty quickly here become a, a fantasy relevant running back i think if christian mccaffrey comes off the field uh and is injured chuba instantly has rb2 value mm -hmm. I, I would agree i just i know you're a bigger chuba fan than i was coming in into the draft uh so you're probably just more likely to take the upside there i think i don't know i'm just i'm not all that excited i think you're more hyped about this one than i am if I'm not the the Christian McCaffrey manager, um, I, I gotta say I'd probably take swings at yeah. uh, some of the other names we have to discuss. But let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we will close out the running backs for the 2021 NFL Draft. Wanted to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over. 
but NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back into the show, Locked On Dynasty Football. We are talking about the running back class 2021 NFL draft is finally, finally in the in the books. We have some answers for some of these rookies. We just closed out the discussion with round four. We talked about Chuba Hubbard. Let's pop into round five, where I think we got another surprise. Pick 150, Philadelphia Eagles select Kenny Gainwell mm-hmm. out of Memphis. Like, easily uh, the second best receiving running back in this class behind Travis Etienne. Kenny Gainwell is, is a very capable, uh, very capable receiver. And, I mean, instantaneously, you have to worry about Miles Sanders because so much of his upside was tied to the fact that he can be a a solid receiving weapon and you hope he gets the target share but Kenny Gainwell he's he's a real threat to those touches um, and those targets for him I think like right out of the gate what are your thoughts on Kenny Gainwell yeah I I would agree and Kate this isn't the first time that the Eagles have looked to add somebody with Miles Sanders we know last year if they weren't going to draft Jalen Hurts the pick was going to be J.K. Dobbins, and it sounds like the Eagles are just a little bit leery of giving Miles Sanders all this work. So maybe now they're going to scale back the the passing volume for Miles Sanders and give it to Gainwell, who I think can be very, very valuable in that role. I think, to me, this... It, it, I'm not excited necessarily about Gainwell. I'm just now less excited about Miles Sanders, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think... Uh... Gainwell is a guy that I'm going to probably be looking to draft. I think his his overall value is going to be really hard to predict. So he takes a, a nice jump. I think his ceiling's pretty high, especially in PPR leagues. He's a guy that I would I would consider um, above pretty much uh, outside of Michael Carter, like mm-hmm. any of these other fourth and, and fifth round running backs, uh, just because of, of his ceiling in PPR format. So I think um, if if I'm in like a dynasty best ball league, that's Maybe. where I want to draft Kenny Gainwell because I think uh, any week he's going to have the the capability to catch six balls out of the backfield, uh, especially depending on the health of Miles Sanders. Um, that closes out round round five. Blah. Uh, we already talked a little bit about San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. running back. Uh, they selected Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round. And then we head to the New York Giants, where they select their running back, backup, Gary Brightwell. Uh, let me pose this question to you. If you are uh, the Saquon manager, uh, would would you value Gary Brightwell as a better handcuff, or would you overvalue uh, for uh, the Christian McCaffrey manager for Chuba Hubbard? Which which of those do you think is the, the better handcuff? Chuba, just because he's a better player. I mean, I, I wasn't a big Brightwell fan coming into the draft. I think Hubbard is far more explosive. Uh, I think he can do more as a receiver. 
And I also think there's more guys just basically in the backfield for the Giants, right? They have Barkley. They signed Devontae Booker. Uh, they have Elijah Penny, who they like a little bit in New York. I don't know why. But uh, there's just <laughs> there's just more names there. And I think in Carolina, it's not all that hard to believe that Hubbard will be the RB2 pretty quickly in Carolina. All right, moving on. Running back Larry Roundtree out of Missouri goes to the Los Angeles Chargers with the 198th pick. I actually am a little bit, a little bit intrigued here okay. with Mr. Larry Roundtree. I think there is some room in that offense for uh, somebody to take some some first and second down carries. We obviously know uh, Austin Austin Eckler is going to be the guy. We know he's going to be the the primary target at the running back position here. But I like there could be some room for for instant production. He uh, had over a thousand scrimmage yards, 14 touchdowns in just 10 games in Missouri in 2020. Uh, what are your what are you, what's your instant reaction and uh, how should we how should we be looking at Mr. Roundtree? I just don't think he's all that relevant. I mean, I wish I could tell you that these guys are going to be important <laughs> for us gate. It's just this running back class on day three is just so underwhelming, and there's so many guys that are blocking somebody like a Larry Roundtree or a Chris Evans from the Bengals who got drafted from being productive. I just – most of these guys aren't going to be relevant to us at all. You're going to have to really pick and choose. And, I mean, I'll, I'll, just quickly, Kate, since we're, we're running out of time on the show – I kind of like Khalil Herbert a little bit from Virginia. Me too. For, well, because there's just uh, outside of David Montgomery, <laughs> who is there? Who is there to, to take touches away? I mean, I know Tariq Cohen's there, but he's not going to run between the tackles. I think Blink Herbert's all that different from David Montgomery, to be honest. I I really don't either. Um, we saw him very, uh, very productive in his final season after transferring from Kansas to Virginia Tech like his his running style I like a lot of things about Khalil Herbert um not necessarily a, a big pass catcher but uh let's say you have uh Tariq Cohen there and uh you know if let's say an injury happens to David Montgomery right out of the gate I think uh, I mean he is really slated mm -hmm. pretty pretty quickly there to take over those carries um anybody else that you want to talk about uh that that went on day three i know we we just have a lot of a lot of names the rams took running back jake funk out of maryland that was a weird pick um miami dolphins uh took jared doke cincinnati i think the biggest takeaways from from the following picks is uh what zach moss <laughs> is safe Zach Moss is safe and Miles Gaskin yep. is safe. Yep, that's those are the two big surprise. Yep, those are the two that I was going to mention because those guys are easily the biggest winners of the draft. Just because I have to, I think Puka Williams, who didn't get drafted but signed with the Bengals, is interesting. Uh, I kind of think he's better than Chris Evans, who they took in the sixth round. I understand why Puka Williams didn't get drafted. He's got some off-the-field stuff. But somebody that could potentially replace Giovanni Bernard, I, I kind of like Puka in that role. He's going to cost you nothing in your rookie drafts. I really think, Kate, the moral of the story is you're going to want to get one of the top four running backs in this class. And if you don't, you might want to invest your rookie picks somewhere else. All right. I love it. Thanks, everybody, for listening and joining us as we wrap up this draft discussion on the running back class of 2021. 
We thank you for listening. Please tune in, subscribe. Uh, we've got we've got Matt and Ryan coming on tomorrow. Uh, do we know what they're going to be covering? Yeah, they're going to be doing wide receivers. Woo woo, love it. Uh, we will be back on Thursday. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy some of this other post draft discussion. We will see you Thursday.